I want to go to the next question, especially regarding this particular generation, generation now and generation next. And obviously you are a mother. And um, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 uh, talks about how train up your child in the way that he or she will go. And when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. And then in Ecclesiastes right. chapter 12, verse 1, it talks about how remember your creator in the days of your youth. And the reason why this right. is for me is very touching is because we don't want to tell our children at an early age about God. But if we don't, we are, we are, we are actually harming their lives. Absolutely. Because the Bible says in the days of your youth, remember your creator. Most right. young men, the idea of God is not in your mind. They will say, you know what? This God stuff, it's, it's, it's for old people. And, right. And, and we, the church, we have not done anything to attract young people to sit in the service and learn things, but they can sit online on social media and learn foolishness. Absolutely. And then when, they, when they become something we're not pleased with, because while we think that they cannot remember their creator in the days of your youth. So in this time that we are in, how do we protect and, and, and prepare the spiritual well-being of our children and young people? Um, you know, you rightly said it. It involves teaching. We have to teach our children. We have to teach them to appreciate qualities. You know, compassion. You see a lot of children these days, very cruel. Why? Because we don't teach them what mm. kindness and what compassion honesty is all about mm. and guess what we also as parents or caregivers we have to also model certain qualities because i'm sorry to say but a lot of us are hypocritical that's right that's right mommy we say one thing and we do a different thing. And guess what? The children are very smart. Mm, mm. They're watching us. And we say to them, did I not tell you to do this? And they're looking at you like, okay. But, mm. you know, children with big mouth, they will tell you, but that's not what you do. They're watching us. They're observing. Mm. You know, like, you know, when we're young, um, parents will say, okay, this person comes asking for me. Tell them I'm not home. Meanwhile, you are inside. So what have we, what do you do? Double standard, mm. right? I'm a behavioral therapist. When you're helping a child to change a maladaptive behavior and then you're punishing the child, punishing is a consequence, a repercussion. I'm not talking about punishing as in whatever. I've heard parents say, oh, I'm taking that game from you. And you're not going to watch, you're not going to play with that game for three months. Seriously, 
or you're not gonna watch television for three months. You know, that's not gonna happen. Mm. You understand? Yes. After two days, the child begins to watch television. Why? Because you can't keep up to read. What you're saying, if you're saying to the child, you won't watch television for three months, is unrealistic. So the expectation is unrealistic. And so when you're teaching a child consistency, mm. that child must know that whatever you're saying is the truth. You're modeling it and you are consistent. Wow. If a lot of people, again, including ministers of the gospel, mm. they don't live a prayer, a life of prayer. And then we talk about spirituality. What is spirituality? Spirituality is an inner sense of relationship to a higher power, inner sense. So if we behave the way we behave, how do we think that we can inculcate or teach these children and they listen? Now, does it mean a lot of parents have not done the right thing and the children one way or the other, they still are not, they haven't gotten to that place. My answer to that question is, God of Abraham, once upon a time, Jacob is the son of Isaac. Jacob, the relationship he had with God was that God, was the God of his father, Abraham. And he continued to supplant. He continued to cheat. Why? Because he did not have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. He did not see God as the God of Jacob. His relationship with God was something that was distant. The God of my father, Abraham. And until he had that one-on-one, -on -one, that was when God became the God of Jacob as well. Because God is not a grandfather to anybody. <laughs> God wasn't a grandfather to Isaac. Neither was he grandfather to Jacob. Just as God was God of Abraham, he also was God or is God of Isaac and is God of Jacob. Wow. And so for our young ones, until we help them, mm. you know, pilot them to that place and that position where they have this one-on-one -on -one relationship with God and begin to see God as my God, mm. Mm. Amen. they'll be dancing in circles. My wow. God, not the God of my father. Our children, a lot of our children, the relationship they have with God is the God of my father, the God mm. of my mother, not their own God. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Wow. You hear That's... them, maybe you hear them say, where my mother comes from, where wow. my father comes from. Wow. Not where they come from. The God mm. of my father that my father goes to that church for. The God mm. of my mother that my mother is always going to that church. But <laughs> God is not grandfather to anybody. So we must get to that place 
where we help our children to teach them, to help them, to channel them, to see God as their God. Because if that doesn't happen, we'll be dancing around in circles. And this is really an eye-opening to me and a profound insight regarding that. Okay, yes, um, the God of my mother, the God of my father, but what about mm -hmm. you? Don't you want to have a personal discovery of God? Yes. And, and, and how you stated that the way God, the way Jacob viewed God, it was as if God was distant. God yeah. was the God of his forefather, Abraham. Yeah. That was why he would leave his life anyhow. Right. But when, I'm pretty sure when he have a one-on-one -on -one encounter, which he did. In Bethel, he changed. He changed. So we and can tell our changed. children, oh my God, we can tell our children, oh, come to church, come to mommy's church, come to daddy's church. They'll go to church, not because of God, they'll go to church because of mommy. Mommy said so. Because I don't want to fight, Mom. I don't want to fight. I, I want peace. I want peace in the fight. home. Yeah. So, 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 so that's 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 a, that's something that we have to change. Yes. Then, uh, baby, you're going to your own father. Yeah. We are going to our father together. Right. Because if we teach them to know that God is personal, that God wants a personal relationship with them. And, and, and then when, when they grow up, they will not depart. Exactly. Because I know you. They know God. You know, for me, faith has been, you know, my faith has been critical, you know, in my path to healing and wholeness, you know, when... I was battered, my very challenging times, you know, lost everything. I mean, lost everything. Not only did my husband die, I lost everything. Resources, money, businesses, name it. And I know what I was told. Some people thought I wasn't my faith wasn't Jim Jim enough. And so what did I do? I recoiled. I was going through depression. And when someone is thinking of always dying, oh, I don't want to leave, I don't want to leave. In psychology, it's called suicidal ideation. As much as we don't want to use that word, but that's what it was. So I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with suicidal ideation and all of that. I was condemned. As a matter of fact, people didn't even think that I was a widow to show me kindness. I can't remember when my husband passed away, if anybody was like, oh, okay, you know, I brought you a bag of grocery or called me up to say, is there anything you need? And I wouldn't even tell anybody anything. Why? Because of the stigma or to being labeled. Now, coming to the Black community and our church, how do we view 
mental health issues. We view mental health as what? Demonic, a vice of the devil. And what is the treatment plan? Prayer, deliverance, stronger faith. That's what in the church and in the black community, those were the things we wanted that we sold. Now, when we call on someone to hold fast to their faith, it's not an issue. Holding fast to one's faith is not an issue when it is presented as the only solution. For example, now I come and I'm hungry, right? And I say to you, brother, I'm hungry. You say to me, hold on fast to your faith. Okay, how does that solve my problem of hunger? So when people have mental health issues and somebody, and we say to them in the church, hold on to your faith, forgetting that the church is a place of healing, forgetting that the church is the last bus stop. It's a safe haven a place of healing. And so we as pastors or ministers or brother or brethren, we all have a role to play. So we need to start that conversation that struggling with mental health issue is not lack of faith because I believe each and every one of us, we have one mental health issue or the other we are dealing with. Some of us, it's exacerbated. As a church, we must get to that point to begin to support and uplift people in accordance with faith. The church, when somebody has high blood pressure, people, oh, you have high blood pressure, Drink medication, right? Diabetes, drink medication, right? They are, we are accepting of those physical ailments, but we have not gotten to that point of accepting mental health issues because they are not visible. So we have to begin to treat mental health issues the same way we treat physical issues like diabetes, like high blood pressure, like whatever thing we go by, then we need to stop this dark, dark way of thinking. Mental health issues, I've heard people say to me, is either you wanna be a pastor or you wanna be a social worker. You can be a pastor and be a social worker. Why? Because when people come to me for counseling and I refer them to a mental health specialist or therapy and all of that, some people think I don't have enough faith or she doesn't have 
enough anointing to lay hands and and the person falls on the ground and comes up, comes up with their clothes dirty and they go back to the same thing. So they like choose. Mental health is real. We have to be accepting of it. Provide that support. The same way we view physical ailments, we have to view mental health issues that way as well. Offer that support. You may not understand. I'm an ABA therapist. I work with autistic children. But every day, every patient or every client is different. And my brain is, I'm like, oh God, what can be done? It is not just prayer. Just like when somebody is sick, you have pain, you take painkiller. When somebody has mental health issues, there is medication, psycho, there's psychotherapy, there's therapy, there's medication, and there's all of that. And we as a people, we as a community, we as a church, we need to begin to be accepted of it and offer the necessary support. 